here we are. How you doing this morning? Man, that was weak. Come on, man. You got to help a preacher out. Come on. How you doing today? You doing good? Come on. I'm, I'm just more excited for Jesus. How about you? I'm excited about him. I'm excited about what he's doing. And I'm excited to be back in Pittsburgh. I've been away. I've been in uh, Mississippi. I've been in Louisiana. And there's no place like home, even when it's snowing. And uh, I still, there's no place like home. There's no place like here. And it's good to be with you. I'm so excited about our new series here, What We Build is spiritual. What we build is spiritual. Over the next eight weeks, we're going to be taking a walk through the book of Nehemiah in the Old Testament. We're going to be looking eight weeks and one book. We're going to dive into this book and I'm going to help you understand it, help you understand this bit of history, and help you understand what the Bible communicates here. I want to sum up um, just basically what I believe what we can communicate the first several weeks like this. It's in Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 8. And uh, if you have your Bibles, open them. We're going to be going pretty much verse by verse. I'm going to start with 8 and 9, then I'm going to go back to verse 1 and just be breaking it down verse by verse, trying to outline it for you. But here we go. Please remember what you told your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me, And obey my commands and live by them, then even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, here it is, here it is, here's the good part, come on, I will bring you back to the place I have chosen for my name to be honored. Everybody say, to be honored. This is the deal. That Nehemiah wanted a place where God could be honored. How about you? Is that what your heart is? Listen, that's what my heart is. I want a place, and I want Jesus' church to be a place where God's name is honored, where God's name is lifted up, where God's name is represented. And and, in here, basically in this time of history, what happened was is God's people disobeyed. They they, they walked away from God. They, uh, they, 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 They were in disobedience, and they were exiled to a place in Babylon. And they were exiled to a place, and this is a story about the temple and the walls of Jerusalem being built once again as a place for God's name to be honored. Now, I believe there's a, this is a representation of what Jesus' church should be. Listen, let me ask you a question. What makes you sad, mad, or glad? And I just want you to think about that. I want you to think about what makes you sad, what makes you like mad, and what makes you glad? Because if you can uncover that, we're going to see your passion. We're going to see what's really in your heart. And we're going to take a look at something that made Nehemiah, I believe, all of these things. And it moved him to action. It moved him to a place where he could be used by God. He could, he, he could then be, be moved and used by God. See, let me, let me just tell you this. Nobody slides wanders or coast into God's will for their life. Nobody just coast in. Nobody wanders in. Nobody just happens to just like, uh, just like I'm wandering along and then you wake up one day and find yourself in, in, in helping build God's holy church. That just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen with any of us. It happens when we have a compassion, when there's a reason that we're moving forward, that we want to move forward, we have to move forward. 
So why the book of Nehemiah? I want, listen, why are we going to do this? Nehemiah is very practical. If you like practical things, you'll love Nehemiah. If you like it practical, if you like, you, know, you like something like, okay, tangibly, I can see what happened from the beginning to the end. This is what, this is what we see. This is what we experience here. Um, let me just tell you this. God, and we're going to see this, God always calls you one level above your competence. God always calls you one level above what you can do on your own. Because if he doesn't call you one level above, you'll never trust him for it. And God is inviting us up a level beyond our competence. He's inviting us beyond what we can do on our own in, 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 in that way. Why Nehemiah? Nehemiah means Yahweh comforts. Yahweh comforts. I believe that's symbolic, and this is my opinion, is that Nehemiah's name is what he did. He brought the comfort of God to God's people. He brought direction. What's happening here is 1,000 years after Moses, but 400 years before Jesus. This is about 150 years after God's people disobeyed and they walked far from God. Then Ezra, which is the book before this, Ezra went back to restore the temple where God was worshipped. And as he restored the temple where God was worshipped, they didn't build the walls that were surrounding the city. And, and, and we're going we're gonna to be learning about, okay, the temple was the place where God is worshipped, but the walls weren't built yet. In the, sim, the symbolic nature of these walls that surrounded God here. See, the temple was built, and the temple was built out of two million Jews removed from Jerusalem, J Judah. Only 2% made it back. 2% made it back. And I want to let you know that the names of all the people that made it back to rebuild the temple and rebuild the walls, their names are written in Ezra and Nehemiah. I want to ask you a question today. Will our names be written in the journals of God that we, re, that we helped rebuild what God, what God established? No, I want to ask you a question. Will your name be on that list? Will my name, will Bridge City Church be amongst the people that helped rebuild and establish what God wanted to establish? Let me give you a word of encouragement here out of 2 Chronicles 16, 9. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Do you know God's looking for people just like you and me? He's not looking for the, for the brightest and the best. Come on, somebody. Can you say amen to that? Come on. Aren't you glad God's not looking only for that? He's looking for people like me and like you. Come on. He's looking for people that he can strengthen and he can empower. And with all of the craziness and the chaos and confusion and the pride and the idolatry that's in this world, I am strengthened in my heart because I believe that I'm in the right place at the right time with the right people. Okay, that, was a lot, that, was, that statement's a lot better than the response you just gave. No, I'm serious. Like, do you believe that? See, you, see, you got to believe that and believe God's inviting you in to co-labor with him or else we'll never move into a place of working with him. To see what we build is spiritual. What we're doing is spiritual. See, see I, let me just tell you this. 
When we, when we said we were going to do a series on Nehemiah, I just said, you know what, God, I'm going to start with a blank canvas. I'm not going to look at any, any message other than just let the word of, God, word of God just breathe on me. I've been reading it over and over and over. That's how I, I prepare. I've just been reading it and reading it and reading it. And, and then, of course, you know, studying the history, Ezra, and Nehemiah, and what's happening. But I wasn't prepared for something. I wasn't prepared To see the state of Jesus' church in a whole new light. I wasn't prepared for what I, was, what I saw as I began to ask God to open my eyes to what's going on with his church in 2021. I found myself going from very sad and at times very mad and very seldom very glad. I'm sharing with you, church, from my heart that something's wrong. Something's wrong. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I just refuse. I can't even watch the news anymore. I can't. I don't, I don't watch it. I can't because I, I have to readjust my helmet of salvation too much. I just had to take a break from the chaos and confusion. See, Babylon represents pride and idolatry. It represents confusion. And I'm not judging here. I'm not pointing fingers because Nehemiah didn't point fingers. So I'm not going to point fingers. I'm here to say to you today that something's broken. And God's looking for a people that are willing to fix it. And many times we blame whether it's other churches or Christians or we blame the media and we blame politicians and we blame all these things. And what I began to see is God's not asking for everybody to get on board. He just needs 2%. He's looking for people that have compassion in their hearts. He's looking for people that will see what's happening in the spirit realm and begin to do something about it and not just talk about it. And I'm sharing with you my, what we call in preaching a pastor moment. That I'm not just trying to give you acute teaching so you feel good and you go home. I'm trying to share with you the essence of what I'm seeing and sensing in 2021. That something's wrong, church. But we can do something about it when what, we, when what we're building is spiritual. We can do something about it. We're not helpless. But we need com the compassion of God to move once again in our hearts. We need the compassion of God to once again stir us. And stop waiting for something else to be stirred. And waiting for all of them to get stirred and all of them to get it together. I want to let you know, I'm not depressed over what happened politically. I'm over that. What I'm seeing now is a great opportunity for Jesus' church to rise. 
In Jesus' church to once again be established as a place where God's name can be honored. But will I and will you and will we be counted as those who said, God, I want your name to be honored and count me in? Or are we just going to sit by passively? That's the call of Nehemiah. I have a burning passion in my heart for Jesus' church. And people tell me all the time, well, you're the pastor. Shouldn't you always have that? See, don't confuse your occupation with your vocation. I'm going to get to these points, but I'm telling you what I'm going to tell you, and then I'm going to show you here. That we're confusing things, church. We're waiting and we're pointing rather than saying, put me in, God, I'm ready. Throw me in and let me see once again what you're building and reestablishing. How many of you could use the strengthening of God on your life today? Come on, how many of you need it? Listen, I'm, I'm about to speak strengthening to your soul today, into your spirit today. The question is, are you going to receive it? Are you going to grab a hold of the word of God and say, it's for me today? This is what I long for. This is what I want. So let's go to Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 1. Nehemiah 1, 1. These are the memoirs of Nehemiah. These, these are the memoirs. These are the, these, are the, these are the writings here. In late autumn, in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was at the fortress of Susa. Hannah and I, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. I asked them about the Jews who had returned there from captivity and about how things were going in Jerusalem. Here's Nehemiah, 800 miles away. 800 miles away. It wasn't like he passed Jerusalem every day on the way home from work or the way to work. 800 miles away, there was something in his heart, for he was a Jew and he was displaced in a place called Babylon. Do you feel that way at your workplace? Do you feel like God's, God's chosen, but in a foreign land where you live? If you don't, something's wrong, because we're in a foreign land. We are, we're in a foreign land. We are in a place of confusion and idolatry and pride. But that does, I don't sweat that. This is where God put me. And if you want to know what God really thinks about Jerusalem, write down Psalm 137. You can read that on your own. Write down Psalm 137. You can read that later on. And you can get God's heart. Why is Jerusalem important? Why would God be saying this? Why is, what, just why? You can, you can get that into your heart. Verse 3. They said to me, things are not going well. For those who returned to the province of Judah, they are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. Some translations say they were survivors. Do you know, it's never good to be considered a survivor. <laughs> but I guess it's, it's better than being one who was overcome, right? The problem is sometimes when you become a survivor, you we can take on the role of victim rather than victor. And right now, Jesus' church, and I'm speaking prophetically about the big C church, has taken on the role of victim rather than victor. I'm speaking prophetically to you now. Are you receiving? 
that it's easy to say that we're just victims. We're just victims of this political landscape. We're victims of what's going on here. But the bad state of the people and the bad state of the walls that were representative of protection were the same here. See, an, un, an unwalled city, see that their temple, you got to get a picture of this. The temple was the place of Old Testament worship. But because there were no, no walls to protect it, people could come in and steal from the temple at any time. There are people right now stealing the glory of God from God's temple right now. See, unwalled city had no protection, no security. It, it, had, it, it was just a disgrace. It was, it was disruption. There was no peace. Are you feeling it? Are you feeling the distress? And I feel bad for the people who have been working diligently in God's temple right now because this is how we feel. So is this making sense to you? Come on, at least blink twice if it is. Blink twice. Just, just do something to let me know you're, you're, like, you're here today. Come on, no, no, is, it, is this speaking to you? I'm trying to speak to your heart today. I'm trying to get our eyes open to what God's doing here. Because we are in distress. We do feel like, we, we do feel like we're just surviving. We do feel like we're holding on. They, with no walls, you could be attacked and brutalized at any time. God's people are being attacked and brutalized. Nehemiah didn't need to care, but he did. Verse 4. When I heard this, I sat down and I wept. Did you ever hear news that made you just sit down? Has anybody ever called you and said, are you sitting down? No, seriously, have that ever happened to you? Are you sitting down? Has you, have you ever said to somebody, are you sitting down? You need to sit down because I have something serious to tell you. Has that ever happened to you? Like, have you ever gotten news that have cut your heart like that? He said he sat down and he wept, in fact, for days. That's plural. He mourned and fasted to the God of heaven. Let me ask you a question. What, what, what happens in our lives when we hear news like this? Do you know what? Most of the time we ask somebody else to pray. We post it on Facebook. We want other intercessors to pray, but I'm going to ask you a question. What has made you sad, mad, or glad to the degree that you're willing to fast and pray and mourn for days? No, I'm serious. Like, what, what will it take to get God's people to say something's not right, but I'm not going to wait for somebody else to do it for me? I have to do it myself. I'm going to have to step up myself, and I'm willing to fast and pray. Because I just, want, I just want what breaks God's heart to break my heart. I want whatever, whatever happens within, in heaven to be what happens here. See, this is a broken humility. This isn't an arrogance. Listen, 
Let me just give you my, my perception of what really the, the result, not, not the action, but what happened and what God showed me that when, that when Donald Trump didn't win, we realized how much hope we had in the political system rather than Jesus. We had all this hope in a political system rather than Jesus' church being established as a house where he's honored and we have the the God-given assignment from heaven to protect and we have the God-given assignment to be a place where God's honored and lives are restored and what we're going to build is spiritual. Are you with me now? Now, I'm not trying to say why it happened. No, 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 I don't have time for that. That's not going to solve anything. What I'm trying to get us to do, church, is lift our eyes back to heaven and say, I want to build something spiritual. Are you with me? Am I in the right house? Am I in the right place here? I want Bridge City Church to be a place where we move beyond emotion and we move according to the heart of God. See, Nehemiah didn't blame, complain, and remain the same. He said, no, I'm going, to be, I'm going to bring change. And I think that's the question God's asking us. Do you want to blame? Do you want to complain? Do you want to remain the same? Or do you want to bring change? That's what I believe God's saying to us today. Because there's a lot to overcome in the weeks to come. We're going to see that Nehemiah had to overcome mockery, conspiracy, laziness, brutal attacks, opposition. Oh, you want to build something for God? There's going to be an opposition. Oh, there's going to be opposition to everything you do. When you sign up for Connection Group today, there's going to be opposition. I guarantee you, you're going to be sleepy that night on Connection Group. I guarantee you, you're going to have a bad day. I had a bad day. I just need some me time. Listen, if every bad day was filled with me time, that's all I'd ever have is me time. Are you with me? No, I need some Jesus time. I need some time with God's people time. How about that time? See, because I want to build something spiritual here. So Nehemiah prays, and I want to walk through his prayer. Verse 5, O Lord God of heaven, great and awesome God. The first thing he does is he remembers who God is. Church, we need to remember who God is. See, a healthy image of God is going to give you a healthy image in prayer. It's going to give us a healthy image of our lives, of our spiritual lives. Why do we start our prayers? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I very rarely go to prayer without saying, hallowed be thy name. Blessed be the name. I need to remind myself who God is. Prayer isn't just simply to remind me who I am. I need to remember who God is because then that puts me in assignment. Come on. It puts me in alignment to my assignment. Are you with me? I just, the first thing he does is he remembers God. And then the next thing he does, listen to my prayer, verse 6 and 7. Look down, see me praying night and day for your people. When's the last time we prayed night and day for God's people? No, 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 let me ask you a question. When's the last time we said, oh, just night and day? See, I'm not just have, trying to have a prayer life. I'm trying to have a life of prayer. There's a big difference. Too many people are just trying to have a little prayer life rather than a life of prayer, a life of communication with God, a life of, I'm just in communication with him, and and I just want to talk to God, and I'm going to talk to God about these situations. 
I need to get his perspective. Are you there? See, that's what he does here. And he repents. He says, we have sinned terribly. Listen, what did Nehemiah, what did he have to repent of? He didn't do anything. It was a it was hundred years before him was the people that, 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 that disobeyed. But he took responsibility. And I believe today with all my heart that God's looking for his people to take responsibility for what's happening. Because until you identify with the problem, you'll never identify with the solution. And allow my heart to be moved. Allow my heart to be moved to the point where I'm willing to go days. When's the last time for days you prayed over your marriage? When's the last time you, you fasted days over your children, over, over other children? And you say, I don't have kids. Well, well pick a couple names. They're, they're, they're in the back room here getting taught right now. Let's pick a couple names and fast and pray for them. No, when's the last time we did that? When was the last time we fasted and prayed over our finances? When's the last time that we said, I'm going to take responsibility here? God, move in my heart. Do you you know, there was a period of four months, four months of prayer here. Four months of preparation that Nehemiah went through. That's what he, he had to go through. But he had to see. Do you know some of the things I'm repenting of? Can I, I'm just going to be real with you today. That's the only way I know how to be. I, I don't know how to be any other way but real, so I'm just going to do it. Do you know what I'm repenting to God for right now? I'm repenting that statistically Bridge City Church is nothing more than an average American church right now. I am repenting for it. Because if I'm the lead pastor, I, I need to repent first. And I'm just inviting whoever else would like to repent with me to bring it. No, I'm repenting on and because every time I open the door here at Murraysville, I see I see there's two times that we meet, 8 30 and 10, but we're just only meeting at one time. I'm repenting before God for that. Because we say that we have a vision of as many people as possible, but I'm not sure that we really still believe that. We've taken on the the posture of complacency and and apathetic and lethargy. And we we would rather blame the system and blame our culture than say, God, do a work in our hearts because people are confused and they're dying without hope and they're helpless, God. Do a work in my heart and soul. Repenting that we don't have more children in our kids' ministry. No, I am. We say that kids are important. We say that every person's important, but we're, we're not living like it. And this is, I'm just sharing, I'm not, I'm not demanding you feel this way. I just said, I'm sharing with you mine. Is that okay? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, these are confessions of a pastor right here. What I'm trying to get you to see is, is listen, if this is as good as it gets, us hanging on and holding on, I, I, I can't do it, God. I, I want to build something. I want to step forward beyond repentance into this next one that says, God, I want to remind you of your promise. Remember what you told your servant. This is what I opened up with in verses um, 8 and 9. Listen, 
I want a place for God's name to be honored. What Nehemiah quotes here is Leviticus 26 and Deuteronomy 30. He identifies, he says, God, I'm going to be reminded of your promise that what you're going to build. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So I want to co-labor with him on what he's building. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to be a part of. I want to be like Nehemiah here, reminds God of his promise. But he doesn't stop there. He moves on to verse 10. The people you rescued by your great power and strong hand are your servants. Oh, Lord, please hear my prayer. And he says, okay, I'm going to delight in honoring you. Grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. He says, okay, now I want to be ready to do something. This is Nehemiah. See, I'm just, I'm just preaching the text to you. This is Nehemiah saying, yeah, there's a problem, but I, okay, God, I'm ready to do something about it. Are you ready to do something about it? Are you ready? He's like, okay, there's something wrong. I got to do something about it. I need, once again, the compassion of God to be birthed in my heart. See, where you got to start is you got to care that you don't care. Until you care that you don't care, you're never going to care. And some people here are saying, well, I care, and I'm the, I'm the only one that's been caring. God bless you. You're one of the 2%. Have you finished what God has started? That's what, that's what I'm saying here in context. That's in context here. That's not, a, that's not a pot shot. That's in context to the Word of God today. And so, so he moves on here. He says, okay, now I'm ready. I want to do something. I want to build something here. He prays, give me, give me favor. Restore us. Listen, why didn't he just say, you know what, brother, Han and I, how about I just give you some money and you go back and deal with it? How about you go deal with it? No, he says he's the cupbearer. No, I, I want to move into cha- chapter two here. And, 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 and we'll just, let's go 111 first. He's a cupbearer. What's the cupbearer? He's a high official. That means he tasted the wine before the king got the wine. It was a millennial's dream. He gets to taste the wine first. That was a joke. You, you missed that one. No, see, see, he tasted the wine and before the king. So if it was poisoned, he would get poisoned. How many of y'all, he was a, in a trusted position. He was an advisor to the king. He was put in the right place at the right time. See, let me tell you this. He was a government official. He had a good pension and a good salary. But he didn't let that stop him from responding to the heart of God. Are you there? See, it doesn't matter what your your occupation is. We can all still respond as we see what God is doing and say, God, you put me in such a place at the right time. See, we got to see four months passed before he did something. Four months were going to pass until he he was going to step out. Listen, let me just say this right now. These, These names on the walls with connection groups, this is the deal, church. This is the deal. How about, give me four months, four months, you join a group that's on the, one of the walls, a, a connection group, right, one of these right here. Join one of these. Put yourself under authority in a place where you can give and receive ministry. No, put yourself in such a place in one of these right here. 
And together, let's watch what God will do in four months. Let's watch God begin to breathe compassion in our hearts again. Let's, don't get focused on the topic. Get focused on this is a place to do ministry together. This is a place to give and receive. This is a place to be a part of. Listen, there's all kinds of groups here. Financial peace. How many of y'all could use some financial peace? No hands. Good Lord. Okay. Good Lord. There's Zoom groups and, and, and there's studies and, and, and there's all kinds of ways you can get connected here. These, see, you got to see what these are. These are spiritual buildings. We don't do these to try to keep you busy. All the leaders, that was your shot. That was your chance to say amen. amen. Right? Yeah. No, come on, leaders. You got to help me. I'm trying to help you. You got to help me back. No, what these are, these are places where we're going to build something spiritual. So for four months, we're going to dedicate our lives together to be a group of friends that read the Bible, and we pray together, and we stand together, and we help build together, spiritually together. See, you've got to understand what Victory and Freedom Weekends are about. You're going to hear about it. This is something spiritual to help us get, help us establish a place where God can be honored. So wouldn't you like to be in a place where God is honored? I'm good. And the preaching's good. But it doesn't sustain you. You need other people in your life. That was your chance to say amen, pastor. No, I'm serious. But see, we got to see what God's doing. We're not seeing it. We're not, we're not understanding the picture. You know why? Because we've gotten used to Babylon, church. We've gotten used to just living in Persia. We've gotten used to foreign kings being over us. And we've taken on that we've taken on the posture of a victim rather than a victor. Am I right? Am I speaking to the right people? That they're willing to say, I need to be cut to the heart. I need compassion. Yes, there's prayer and there's preparation that leads to a compassion, which leads to a commissioning. This is the process of God. We're going to pray, and many times we talk about it, but God wants us to get to the place where we're, we're moved with compassion. Are you there? That's what I long for. That's what I want here. And so in verse 1, early the following spring, in the month of Nisan, during the 20th year of Xerxes' reign, I was serving the king his wine. I had never before appeared sad in his presence. So the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You're deeply troubled. And then Nehemiah said, he was terrified. Have you ever been terrified by what God's asking you to do? Come on, am I right? If you haven't, welcome to church. No, our job is to terrify you. No, our, our goal is to help you understand what God's asking you to do. So responding to him is going to require all the faith we have. God, I need other people. I need the word of God. I want compassion of God to be in my heart. Are you there now? See, something's wrong, church. And I, and I, and I want to I make it right. And so, and so why was he terrified? Because the king could have him killed. No, the king could have had him killed right there. Are you there? Oh, i got to keep going here. But there was a passion inside of him. 
I don't have time to, to walk out all the, the dates and the times of what that, that verse 1 and 2. It's significant. There's a significant amount of days mentioned there that lead us, and it's confirmed in the day Jesus Jesus, Jesus came into Jerusalem, and I, I don't have the time to unwrap it. Hopefully, you can dive into that on your own. But Nehemiah leveraged everything he had to co-labor with God. Nehemiah 2, 3 through 8, the rest of the story, this is what happened. God releases Nehemiah with the blessing of the king. Come on. He, has res- he, has, he gets resources and paid leave to go do what God wants him to do. How many of y'all would like resources and paid leave? How, how many days are you willing to fast for it? No, am I right? God move in my heart, right? The king sent the army to, to, for protection. Nehemiah had favor for his assignment. Come on, see, we want the conclusion, but God wants the process. We want the conclusion, God, God wants the process. He's looking for a people of compassion. All, right. All I did was I just went through the first part of Nehemiah for you because I want you to get a picture of what it's going to take because we see, oh, it's, it's, it's going to happen. But you know what? There's a process God has us in right now. Are you with me? Do you see what's happening? God is stirring his people once again. He's stirring us to see what we're building is spiritual here. And so I want to close up today reading to you Matthew 9. Matthew 9. And this is, the, this is hopefully going to, going to bring it home for you today. Matthew 9, verse 35. Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. Jesus was doing his thing. He does what Jesus can do. He's healing, he's healing everybody. And he's, he's doing all the ministry. He's, he's all the ministries up to him. But something happened here in verse 36. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. See, what happens, you're going to understand when the compassion of God begins moving in your heart, you're going to see people differently. You're not going to see him after the flesh. You're going to see him after the spirit. Jesus was moved with compassion, an inward moving, something stirred in his heart and his soul. May that compassion move in us today. How many of you, once again, you just want to feel the compassion of Jesus today? God, I pray for every hand that's up right now. God, I pray for us, Lord. God, that we would once again know your compassion. God, yes, we want to know your compassion again. We want to know your heart again. We want to know who you are again, Father. God, stir us, Lord God, as laborers in your harvest, God. God, every hand that's up, God, stir every hand, every one of us, Lord, that once again, God, move us with compassion, God. God, you can put your hands down. And he said, look, pray the Lord of the harvest who's in charge. Ask him to send more workers. Do you know we, I know it, I just really sensed in my heart, I didn't want to pray for more workers before I pray for us, his workers, amen. Put me in. I want to get a group. I want to get on a team. I want to be part of something God's building. I want you to see what we build is spiritual. I want you to see that today. Could you stand up real quick to your feet, real quick with me? I'm just going to pray and believe God that he's going to move. So what are you going to do today? We're going to get in a group. We're going to get connected to people. We're going to once again ask God to move in our hearts that we would see what he's building spiritually. We would once again say, God... 
something's not right. Move, move in my heart. If not now, when? And if not us, then who? That's not a cool saying for a Super Bowl coach. That wasn't, by, that wasn't a saying by Nike. That actually is a saying that its roots go back 2,000 years to Jewish writings. That, that's where that comes from. And I don't care if you see it on, with a Nike swoosh or not. They didn't come up with it. I want you to catch something. If not us, come on, who? God brought us to a place that I want our names to be written. So I want to ask you a question as I close here. Is your name written in the book of life? The Bible speaks of a book of life in heaven. That those who are, will be assigned to heaven, they, 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 have a, they have their assignment right there. But their name is written in the book of life. And how do you get your name in that book? Real simple. You receive, you ask for forgiveness, and you receive forgiveness for your past. And then you ask Jesus to lead you into your future. And if you don't have a date, a moment, or a time where you did that, I want to invite you to do that today. Be the best thing you ever did in your life. Jesus, move on my heart, Lord. So right now, if that's you today, and you say, you know what? I want my name written in that book. I want Jesus to be the forgiver of my past and the leader to my future. I want you just real simply just to slip up your hand before heaven. Just slip up your hand before heaven and say, God, here I am. I want that for me today. Anybody here today, anybody at all, the best thing I could ever offer you in the, on the planet is this. Anybody here today, Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord God, that next week there's going to be many people raising their hands. God, I pray, Father, that the reason you put Bridge City Church on this planet, the reason you put all these wonderful, awesome people on this planet, God, was so that we could create a place where people can meet you and know you, God. Restore us as a place where your name is honored, God, and move us as a people with compassion in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks a lot for being so gracious. Amen. Thank you, Pastor.